good all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, I started a, a series of sermons. These are really not uh, teaching lessons. Maybe we should have went that way um, um, and did it on a Sunday night. I don't know, but we kind of put it out in a, in a way of, uh, of sermons. Um, and I entitled them Developing a Lifestyle of Holiness. Developing a Lifestyle of Holiness. And our main scripture uh, that we have focused on throughout so far, this makes the third message that we have are uh, going to deliver, uh, comes from Second Corinthians 7 and 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Because of the word there, perfecting, it lets us know that it is an ongoing thing. It's something that we work on all the time. It's something that we strive at and fall at we press into. Now, uh, we don't try to uh, uh, clean fish around here before we catch them. And uh, you've got to be at a certain level on your walk with God, uh, I feel, to receive some of the things that we are bringing out in the course of these messages. Uh, And um, I don't want what I have to say to frighten anybody or to scare nobody. Uh, but I just want to enlighten you just somewhat to let us to let us know what what's God's desire is to bring us to. Hallelujah. Um, as a lot of people talk about, you know, Jesus says, "Just just come as you are," and they sing that old song, it's, uh, "You know, just as I am." And I'm thankful for that we come to God just as. As I am, I just as I am, I come to Him. But aren't you glad that He loves us enough not to leave us as we is? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. He's got some purpose and designs. Uh, he wants to, uh, to use us. Amen. And, um, and we want to grow uh, in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Uh, our scripture reading tonight is going to be found from the book of Titus, chapter 2. And uh, several scriptures here that I'm going to be reading and um, for our scripture reference, and um, I guess basically the whole whole second chapter there that we're going to be reading. Uh, and um, this is where we're going to come off from tonight. He said, "But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men." Now I want you to notice as we read this. He, he gets every classification here. He talks about the older men. He talks about the older women. He talks about the younger men, the younger women. Then he even talks about uh, the bond servants and, um, and how that relates to us today. But, let's, but as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the Word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, uh, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Exhort bondservants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering. Now, I'm using the New King James Version because it really brings some of these uh, uh, these terms out uh, I feel like it probably help uh, 
people better understand. We do have it on the screen back here. But he said, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world or in this present age looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There you go. Anybody wants to say that nowhere Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is a God, right here it calls Him the great God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for Himself His own special people or His peculiar people. Zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with authority. Let no one despise you. Uh, from these scriptures tonight, we're going, and we're going to begin, I don't know, how far I'll get along, but we're going to begin, and I want to speak to you tonight on the subject three of our lesson series. We entitled this uh, this message tonight, Being Legitimate in an Illegitimate World. Being Legitimate in an Illegitimate World. I need your prayers. Fathers, we come tonight, we thank you and we praise you for this time when we've come together, God, your presence, the worship that we've had. And now, God, we are sitting at your feet at your table asking you, God, to speak to us from your word. We want, God, and we desire, God, the precepts of your law. And we ask, God, that you would give us wisdom and understanding, God. We may understand, thus saith the word of God. I pray, God, for the hearts of the people who are listening tonight. Let us, God, receive openly without reservations what you are speaking to us tonight, God. In the blessed, holy, mighty name of Jesus, our Savior, let everybody say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, as I begin this course of study, uh, developing a lifestyle of holiness, I, I titled that because holiness is something you've got to develop in your life. Uh, it's something that builds. It's something that grows. Uh, you could say it's um, it's like growing into maturity. Um, that we uh, we come in as babes in Christ, only handling the sincere milk of the word. But uh, it should be everybody's desire that we grow to the point and place that we can get into the meat of the word. Uh, where that we can receive that nourishment of what we really need for the gain strength in our souls, that we can do battle with the forces of darkness. The very first message that I preached on this, we we titled it "Striving to Please the Master," and last week we preached on the subject becoming a vessel of honor, becoming a vessel of honor. Tonight. I want to continue this, and I don't know how much further I will go. This is really up to God as God directs me. But I want to speak tonight concerning being legitimate in an illegitimate world. Uh, I want you to really think about that for a moment. I want you to kind of wallow that around in your mouth before you swallow it. Uh, Being legitimate in an illegitimate world. In a world filled with fakes, replicas, and imitations, I want to be real for Jesus. Hallelujah. In a world that is filled with fakes, replicas, and imitations, I want to be real for Jesus. God, make me real. I want to be real. I want to be real. I want my walk... To reverberate my talk. I want my walk, my daily walk in life. I want it to uh, 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 bring bring to light 
amen, my talk, and I want them to be in agreement. Amen. A lot of people talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And that's one reason why apostolics have such a hard time now. It's not the beautiful message of the oneness of God or being baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But it's so many people doing a lot of talking but not doing very much walking. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want my walk to reverberate my talk. I never want my lifestyle to cancel out and make void the wonderful work that Christ has done uh, uh, done for me inside. A lot of people don't realize that our lifestyle and the way we conduct ourselves in this life can literally void out anything God has done in our heart. Hallelujah. We need to understand that. And the only way to accomplish that goal is what I said I want uh, I want I want to do this in my own life. I'm talking about my own life that uh, I don't never want my lifestyle or my conduct or my behavior uh, to cancel out or make void that work God has done down deep inside of me. The only way that I can accomplish that goal is to let that inward holiness of heart reflect on the outside through my character, my manner of dress. And daily way of living. Hallelujah. Now I'll tell you, at the beginning, holiness, true holiness, begins down inside. It begins in the heart. Hallelujah. But it's God's desire for what He has placed in our heart. Amen. To uh, that inward holiness that we that we receive through uh, uh, the new birth experience, that the outside should reflect what God has placed inside through our character, our manner of dress, our daily way of living. Now, I may get a little tight tonight, but our churches today have done a miserable job in declaring the whole truth of the gospel. By failing to take a stand on righteousness, holiness, and godliness in this perverted, God-hating world. Hallelujah. Everybody's a Christian today. It's hard to find anybody on the street that's, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I did, I, I did, I did a funeral service uh, uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, a man's wife passed away and, uh, uh, his wife was a school bus driver, and she worked. Uh, uh, we worked together, and then uh, uh, they didn't go to church or, or nothing like that, or, uh, or did anything to serve, serve the Lord. So um, they didn't know nobody, didn't have nobody they could get. So uh, you know, uh, and, uh, he he heard about me and knew that uh, that I worked with wife. So he contacted me, wanted to know um, if I was um, would I be willing to do that. And I said, yeah, I'll be glad to do. But when I got there, you know, he uh, met me at the door and began all this talk. He says, now, he says, now, now, preacher says, we are, we are good Christian people. We just don't go to them things they call churches. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing what people think is Christianity today. Hallelujah. Amen. Now. Don't get me wrong. Sitting in a church don't more make you a Christian than than, uh, than you going out there and sitting in your garage makes you afford a Cadillac. Hallelujah. Getting back to the new birth experience and letting God do a work in our life and uh, in our heart. But the churches today as a whole have done a miserable job in declaring the whole truth because they fail to take a stand on righteousness and holiness and godliness in this world. Preachers, I feel like I'm qualified to talk about them fellas because I'm one of them. Preachers have become little more than motivational speakers. Hallelujah. All they are today are motivational speakers declaring a feel-good message, never warning people about the consequences of sin and wickedness in their life. Hallelujah. They all tell people that God loves them, but they fail to tell people that God hates sin. 
Whoop, 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 glory. It's the truth anyhow. Hallelujah. Glory. I watched a replay. I didn't watch it live because I, I'm i not up that late. It's early. Get up. But I watched a replay a little bit of an interview uh, that Larry King did one time. Now, I'm going to be I'm going to be kind, but I'm not going to call this fellow's name. But uh, you know, I I, I I I've watched his TV programs in his church, and you know, and you know, they seem to be exuberant in worship and all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, big big huge crowd of people. And uh, Larry King uh, interviewed this man uh, uh, not very long ago, and um, he inquired. Mr. King inquired from this pastor. Of America's largest church. Now, I know that some of you know who I'm talking about. Uh, it's America's largest church. And Larry King, pinpoint, asked him, says, Now, uh, he says, It's been said, and people wonder, how come you don't never mention a three letter word called sin in your sermons? Uh, why he didn't speak on sin, his reply. That he said, well, that's just Larry. That just is not my calling, uh, and that I want to speak positive to people, to help them achieve and live their life the best life they can live. Well, hunky dory, hallelujah. My answer to that. Is that's fantastic. That's great. I want the people who hear me preach become achievers to excel in life. I want everybody in here to become a millionaire because I know when they do, the tithes are going to make it easy on me. Hallelujah. We'll have radio programs, television programs, and we'll buy the Memorial Missile Auditorium. Hallelujah. We'll move up there. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with people becoming achievers and excelling in life. Nothing wrong with that. And I want I want people to do that. But I also want you to hear what God requires of you in order that you may grow in Christ, to live in spiritual dominion, and most importantly, that you'll be ready when Jesus appears in the eastern sky. Hallelujah. I know I risk having people getting mad at me. I know what that is. I done been there. I done done that. My sister that came in here visited uh, uh, a week or so ago. Every was I was I was cut off completely for twenty years and didn't have no contact with my family at all when I took a stand and followed and obeyed God and water baptism in His name and began to preach the oneness of God. I became the black sheep. Nobody wanted nothing to do with me no more. But I had to obey what God put in my heart. I had to follow the revelation. Hallelujah. That I know what the Bible says. I don't care what the denomination says. I don't care what man says. It's what thus says the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Folks, there are some requirements in in living for God. There's some requirements. Here's the fact. The fact is that sin separates us from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. That's what the book says. He said, "He said your iniquities have separated from between you and your God. Sin separates us from God. That's why Jesus died to build a bridge to reconnect you to God. Hallelujah. Calvary is a bridge project. There was a deep... Uh, 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 
canyon between God and man ever since the fall. And Calvary became a bridge to allow us to cross where we hadn't been able to cross before. Once you have been forgiven and pardoned from your past sins, there is a road of holiness we must all strive to walk on so we can demonstrate to the world through our lives that God is real. How in the world can me, you, or anybody else get the world to believe that God is real if we live like they do? If, if they don't see no change with us. Tickle me. I didn't mention that funeral that, that we had uh, last, last week over there, Sister Presley. And uh, when I walked in, I met some family members and children, some grandchildren that I'd never met before. And, uh, and so I got to talking to them, and I told them, I said, yeah, I said, we, uh, we began to look up church records. And I said, although I wasn't a pastor back then, um, I said, Brother Hale was a pastor, but I was, I, was, uh, I was there. I was the associate pastor, assistant pastor. Uh, I says, uh, I can see there where uh, Sister Preston was baptized on August the 19th, 1981. And uh, one of, his, one of uh, her daughters says, she looked over there to somebody else's family and said, You know, Mama was baptized back in 1981. She told that other, she says, you know, that's about the time she quit her, gave up her drinking. I, th- I said, well, imagine that. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Amen. So see, folks, our family, our pe- the people we work with, our next-door neighbors, they all are going to have to be able to see some kind of change in our life. Hallelujah. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to go off in another room and just kind of laugh a little bit. You, well, that's about the time Mama quit drinking. I said, oh, well, hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, once God has forgiven us of our past sins, there is a, a road of holiness. And if we, listen to this, if we serve a God who is real, anybody believe that God is real here tonight? If we serve a God who is real, do you think he is satisfied with a church house full of self-proclaimed Christians that are not real? Hello, somebody. If we serve a God who's real, I just I can't help believe that God is not very well pleased with a church house full of people who are self-proclaimed Christians, but they are not real. You do the math on that one. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 35, verses 8 through 9. And a highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring man, though food shall not err therein. No lion shall be there. No any ravenous beast shall go upon there. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Hallelujah! Now, when he says that no lion shall be there, or any ravenous beast shall go upon that. He's not talking about Jungle Jim's characters over there in Africa somewhere. Apostle Paul said, he said, I, he said, after the man of man, he said, I have wrestled with beasts at Ephesus. Hallelujah. Men with beast-like spirits. He had to deal with. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this is a highway that we have to begin to walk once Jesus has, has done something for us and we've started on this road to glory. Saints of God, the way that we live our lives will either legitimize our, our, our talk and our testimony that Christ lives in us or it will make us illegitimate. Now, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read that over again. I'm going to say that again because that, that's... That's very powerful right there. The way that we live our lives 
will either legitimize what our testimony is, what we stand and talk to people about, what we testify about. The way that we live will either legitimize that, that Jesus Christ truly lives down in us, or it's going to make us look illegitimate. Hallelujah. Demonstrating that we are fake and phonies because we don't show no evidence that Christ truly lives in our heart. If He is truly inside, then the outside will reflect the righteousness, righteous one who lives within. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now I've got, I got, ever depends on how you look at it, I got either bad news or good news. What all I've just got through saying up to this point still comes under the head in my introduction to the message. Hallelujah. I want, to, I want to talk a little bit about outward manifestations of an inward work of God. Outward manifestations of an inward work of God. Now, we sing the song around here occasionally, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Hallelujah. Brother Darrell sings that sometimes. And that is where it starts, on the inside. The Pharisees attempted, now follow me close now. The Pharisees attempted to advertise on the outside certain qualities which they were lacking on the inside. Did you get that? The Pharisees... They, they, they tried to advertise on the outside qualities that they didn't possess on the inside. It was all just a show to the Pharisees. There was nothing real about it. That's why Jesus called them hypocrites. Hallelujah. Church, you don't put on holiness it is created within you through a sovereign work of the Holy Ghost by the sanctification process of the new birth experience. Hallelujah. But once that work of God has begun in you, over time there will be manifestations of His righteousness radiating out from you the hidden work of God that's going on within you. If God is doing a work inside you, it's going to radiate. It's going to glow out. Just like when Moses came off the mountain after being with God, his face glowed from the Holy Ghost of God and the presence of God. And if God is working in your life on the inside, you cannot keep it hid. Hallelujah. Peter stood outside Pilate's hall by a far woman himself. One of the damsels saw him. Said, You're one of them? No. Not me. I'm not one of them. Went on. Oh yeah. You're one of them because your speech betrays you. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I promise you when God is inside you and He's working inside you, there are going to be times that you probably feel like, well, you know, I'm going to have to kind of behave myself and not, not talk a whole lot, but you get to talking to some people. I don't care who it is. Sooner or later, amen, something about God's going to come out. It's going to come out. Hallelujah. Amen. Like Jeremiah, that fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah said, he says, he said, I decided that I was not going to make mention him no more because every time that I mention something about him, I get in trouble. I get cast down into a dungeon somewhere and wind up seeking in the mar 
and I, 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 they do this to me and that to me. He said, so I, he said, I decided I wasn't going to never mention God or mention His work no more. He said, but it was like fire shut up in my bones. I couldn't hold it back, Brother Bobby. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Colossians 1 and 20, 29 says, To this end I also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to know that God is working something down within us. Paul said, that's how come I'm a working. That's how come I'm a laboring. Because His working is worked within me. I found out a truth of God's power after preaching for several years. I'm, uh, I'm sorry to say it took a little while for it to, to get, get understanding of it, but I found a truth of God's power after preaching for several years that I don't need to spend all my time, and, and those of you that's been around here know it's a long time, it's, it's been a while since I've dealt with anything of this nature. Um, but because of a, uh, our congregation uh, uh, doubling in, uh, in size and, and going beyond that in the past few months and the new people we got, uh, God began to place upon my heart that it was time to uh, to deal with it again. But I don't I don't spend much all my time on telling people everything that is wrong or right for a godly person to do. I don't spend a lot of time telling people well you shouldn't go here, you shouldn't go there, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't shouldn't do that, uh, you shouldn't wear that, or you should put on something to cover up that. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Cocker, because I found out if God is truly inside them, leading them to maturity, they will begin to reflect on the outside the work that God's doing on the inside. As your relationship becomes more intimate with God, you will begin correcting errors in your life where you are coming up short. Hallelujah. Whether or not I preach against it or not. Hallelujah. Glory. Even, even a pastor might let, get, let, let you get by with a little too much. That Holy Ghost, if you really got it, that Holy Ghost is going to call you in check. If you really got the Holy Ghost. But our, our founding pastor, Brother Hell, hallelujah, he said a lot of people's got a ghost, but it ain't too holy. Hallelujah. Y'all remember him saying that, don't you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. A lot of folks got a ghost, but it's not too holy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So, I mean, and I know I've seen this to fact. I've had people come up to me down through the years and say, Brother, Brother Sammy, I, uh, I feel like it. I, need to, I need to stop doing this or I need to stop doing that or God um, it's, it's convicted me on this and on that. And I just say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's great when God does His work, but it's greater when people will submit themselves to what God's trying to do in their life. Hallelujah. Now, this manifestation on the outside, um, one area that manifests itself is in our behavior. In our behavior. And when I say in our behavior... I'm talking about our speech, our actions, and and the type of values that we have in our life. That's our behavior, our speech, our actions, and our values in life. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 19 through 24, Paul told the church at Ephesus, he says, Who, being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, that's your behavior. Hallelujah. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, 
which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Sister Darlene and I used to love to go out and, uh, you know, watch movies as a pastime. And for the first few years of our marriage, um, it just kind of, be- kind of became tradition that we'd go out, we'd go out and I'd... Uh, you know, buy us a steak dinner, we'd have a steak dinner, and then then we'd go somewhere and watch a movie. And down through the years, as Hollywood kept getting increasing and increasing vile, guess what? We went out for dinner one night, ate dinner, and then we went to one of them movie places, I mean one of them big places, and uh, had about, I don't know, 15 or 20 different movies showing at one place. Walked up there and was looking and seeing what was showing, and uh, began, began to notice the rating, and nine out of ten of them was rated off. And you know what? I began to realize that God had been working something inside me. And through trying to submit myself to the will of the Lord and want to grow, and this was before God called me into pastorship. This, this was still during the 20 years that I was on the evangelistic field. I looked and turned... Look, looked at Sister Darlene. I said, you know what? Let's just go on back home. I said, because I ain't going to pay my money to go in there and sit down and watch that trash. There are some PG-13 movies that I won't watch no more. And here's a fact. There is no way under God's blue heaven that I would let any any man come into my house and sit down in my living room and start talking. And now and, and a lot of these movies that are that are rated R are not rated R for their sexual content, but it tells you up their language. There ain't no way in the world I'd let any man, including anybody in my family. I had to withstand my brother one time when he first came to my house. And I allowed him to sit in my house cursing every three or four words, taking God's name in vain. I would I would have to and I'm I'm not trying to put on airs or put on no show and I'm just I'm just I'm I'm getting down to the basic as Brother Travis said about where the rubber meeting the road. They're not going to come to my house, sit in my living room, and they ain't going to talk that way. I got that way when I was raising our three children while they were still. They, they, ain't, going to, they ain't going to be that garbage coming to my house. And if I, won't, if I won't let you come in there and every every two or three words you say be some kind of vile talk or vulgar language come out of your mouth, if I won't let you do it, you think I'm going to keep my television turned on it? Bless the quietness. You see, we have lied ourselves to be desensitized to what Hollywood and the devil just wants to pour into us, and we accept it, and we swallow it down. Then, after having all that junk poured into our minds and into our thinking, then I have, I have men come to me all the time. Pastor, pray for me. I'm having terrible lustful thoughts. I, can't, I try to overcome it. Quit watching some of that crap that you've been watching, and you better overcome it. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. 
And it didn't, it didn't, it, it didn't happen overnight, but gradually I began, to, and, and, and I, I began to find out that I didn't desire that stuff no more. I didn't need And you know what? It's amazing to me, Brother Dallas, that some of those movies have got um, uh, uh, good, um, oh, I can't think of the word that I, uh, that I want to say. Uh, they got a good storyline. Amen. And and if you if you stop and think about it, none of that language and stuff they put on there helps that move it out. It's not needed. It's not necessary. But Hollywood says you're going to get it. So if you go and pay them your money, you're going to get it. Whether or not you realize it, it's whittling down the Spirit of God in your life to where you cannot be everything you need to be, be the man you need to be and the woman you need to be in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, I'm talking about my, my relationship and my growth with God right now. Did the same thing with listening to the secular music several years ago. First time I ever mentioned that in preaching. I think Brother, Brother Travis told a little bit later, he, said, uh, he didn't know what to think about that. But see, I came up. I came up as a child of the 60s. And... Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. Them, them four boys invading New York City with them bowl-shaped cut hairdos, hitting New York City with a storm, just to shaking that hair and singing, I want to hold your hand. Huh? I like that back then. Never will forget the first time that I ever seen Jimi Hendrix. Oh, wow. There ain't never been nobody play a guitar like that. But guess what? I seen one play it just like that and, and, and better at the men's conference. Hallelujah. The devil don't have all the good musicians. There's some people out there that knows what they can do, and they can do it well, and they don't let the devil tempt them. Hallelujah. This man that we heard at this man's conference, amen, he could be the, he could be the top guitarist in the world. Hallelujah. And you know what? That, that music I, I liked. And I, as I was young, I started, I, I, I prayed for God to give me the ability to play. Because, man, I couldn't, when I, uh, when I was 13 or 14, I couldn't play a radio without getting static. And I began to pr- pray for God to help me. I bought a little old couple dollar chord book little cheap guitar and, and begin to pick up the stuff and man it, it kinda got in me, man. I I liked I like music. That's I liked it. Then I was I enrolled in the in the band at high school and learned how to uh play drums and then I went from one thing to the other. And God honored my prayer and he gave me I'm not <laughs> I'm not the master of none of it, uh, you know, but there ain't never been an instrument that I wanted to play that I that I picked up that I could just sit there. I had never had a teacher for nothing, and I, I could some kind of way it just come together and I could I could begin to play it. But then the devil seen that love of music in my life. And he began to say, hey, here's, here's a good source of temptation. And he began to pull me. I began to get some invitations to go play music on other venues other than in church. 
And uh, I remember going to one one time and playing uh, back up for somebody else that was singing. And I loved music. I preached at a church one time. And I, I, at that time, by that time, I was about 17 years old. And I preached for this pastor. And uh, after God, we had a good service, thing, but after, after the pastor, after the service, the pastor came to me. And, uh, he prophesied and he said, Brother Sammy, he said, God told me to tell you to beware and watch out for the music. He says, Because the devil's going to try to use that to pull you out of the church. And I seen that try to come about, but I liked all them groups and all them songs, and I, and and here I was, you know, I mean, preaching and evangelizing, and did that did that for years, and uh, I had my my clock radio set to the side of my bed at night, and I'd set it uh, on on the sleeper, and I'd I'd go off to sleep by listening, you know, to the to the sounds of the secular music. But all that began to change the same way that the movies that I watch. I, I still watch movies today, but there are certain kinds that I won't even think about watching. I don't have a desire. I don't want that. We started uh, uh, doing a Thursday night prayer time here uh, back in the 90s, meeting on Thursday night and having an hour of prayer. As we begin to do that, and I begin to come, and I begin to really devote myself to more to prayer, more to prayer than what I've ever devoted myself before, I felt myself going home one Thursday night after one of them prayer sessions. I set the alarm clock, but I didn't, I, I didn't hit the sleep thing. I didn't want to listen to that stuff no more. And all my channels now on my, on my car radio and their home is already preset to some type of gospel channel. If it's not giving praise to God, I don't have no desire for it. I don't care hearing about there's a tear in my beer. <laughs> Glory to God. I don't care about hearing hearing about if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Come on, it's amazing to me what Christian people will listen to. Hallelujah. And there's a whole lot of things if we could get into this holiness thing and begin to realize how the devil gets a hold of us. Do you know that the divorce rate in the church is higher in the church than it is in the world? Did you know that? I got some fresh statistics on it that I, I've been working uh, for a message, uh, and, um, and I found out uh, that, you know, of course, it's been 50% in the world for a long time. 50% of all marriages end in divorce. But that number goes up from 50% to 57% in so-called evangelical churches. And I'm telling you, folks, a lot of it is because we don't, we don't sanctify ourselves and set ourselves apart from what we watch and what we listen to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the truth anyhow. I'm, I'm not going to get very much farther. When, G, um, when Jesus moves in and takes up residence in your heart, your old behavior and conduct will begin to change. You will notice your desires have shifted. The places you used to go for fun somehow don't do it for you any longer. Hallelujah. The jokes you used to laugh at don't seem to be quite as funny. Hey, you can tell a whole lot about a person by just simply watching and see what they laugh at. Woo! Hallelujah. When Jesus is working on the inside, you don't listen to them off-color jokes, and you don't tell them off-color jokes. You feel you get to where you feel uncomfortable around old buddies that you have hung out with for years. Huh? Even the style of music in your life 
will change. Hallelujah. I let, can I have just five more minutes. Behavior. You may wish that I hadn't. You hadn't said that. Now, now we're going to move on to dress. When Christ has begun His work in your heart, you begin to feel a little more self-conscious about how you present yourself in public. Your body is now God's temple, so it should reflect His glory, not provocative and worldly influences. Holy Ghost-filled men will find themselves feeling a little bit easy. Well, let me... Not easy, but uneasy. Holy Ghost-filled men will find themselves as God's working on the inside and as they grow in God and begin to mature in God, Holy Ghost-filled men will find themselves feeling uneasy about strutting around in those old uh, shirts that people call wife beaters. Hello, somebody. I used to do that, and and that feel too bad. Especially back in the day when I didn't have when all this was up here. Time will make a change. Hallelujah. But as you're growing in God and, and, and the work on the inside begins to change, you just don't feel quite the same way in doing the same way and the doing the same things that you used to do. Can I get an amen out of that? Hallelujah. So you're going to begin to feel uneasy about strutting around those wife-beater shirts, no matter how hot it is outside. When they... Still talking about men. When they hop on those lawnmowers, something begins to say down inside to cut off that thing, boy, and go back inside and put on at least a T-shirt. And, uh, and don't show off that six-pack to anybody but your wife. Hallelujah. Some people got a six-pack, others have a keg. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Whoop, 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 whoop. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost-filled ladies will begin to deny the old worldly ways and ideas that if you got it, sister, flaunt it. Hello? This is not popular preaching. I don't know too many places you can go and hear it no more. Hallelujah. But I hope somebody here thanks God that there's somebody willing to rest. You get mad at me, let me be willing to tell you what God wants of you in your life. Hallelujah. That's the old worldly way and the worldly standard. That God has no part of and no want his people having any part of. Hallelujah. Ladies, you will realize that Satan has used you long enough once, once uh, God is doing his work within you and you're growing and you're, and you're, and you're maturing more and more to God. You're going you're gonna to wake up one day and realize that Satan has used you long enough as his advertising billboard for sex and lust. You see, what it all boils down to, ladies, you are heaven's princess. Don't allow Satan to present yourself as Hollywood's harlot. God has saved you, cleansed you, and filled you with the Holy Ghost. Then you are heaven's princess. You are not Hollywood's harlot. Glory. 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 9. I desire, therefore, 
that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And like matter also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair of gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Somewhere along the line, people forget that this is in the Word of God. Hallelujah. When the Bible tells us not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the union of your mind. Is that what it says? Don't be conformed to this world. Let me tell you what that means. That our young ladies shouldn't be following the dress codes of Britney Spears or Lady Gaga. Hello, somebody. You may, you may have a Holy Ghost, but you follow Lady God, God, more than you do God's Word. You ain't going to have it for long. Glory to God. And mamas and daddies better go into kids' bedrooms and check up and see what kind of posters are hanging on the bedroom wall more often. Hallelujah. Hey, you got, you got responsibility over your home. The thing that you allow and don't allow. And if you let little John and little Susan, amen, put all that trash in their life, don't come to the church and to the pastor lady, oh, my child is out in drugs and all this stuff. Might not be there if you did a little bit better on your responsibilities. Hallelujah. Sometimes the best you can do and best you can teach and train your children, when they get off on their own, they're going to get out there and try their oats. But if you don't, if you don't train them, if you don't teach them, they ain't going to have no seed down inside to sprout up and pull them back if they do get out. Hallelujah. To both our young ladies and young men, I don't care what some liberal churches do. Oh, they're conforming preachers speak. Because it does matter to God how you present yourself in public, and it grieves Him to the heart when we refuse to follow His design in our life. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right there. We'll pick it up later. But America is in a heap big trouble. One reason why America's in a heap big trouble is because churches have been letting down on their responsibilities. We're not, we're not teaching the whole truth. Everybody wants to just talk about love, peace, and happiness, prosperity, and all this other stuff, which those things has their place. But, folks... We serve a holy God, and He expects His people to be holy people. Hallelujah. He expects us to be holy people. Now, I'm glad for God's long-suffering. I'm glad for His mercy and for His grace. Because if you're like me, it takes you a while sometimes for God to get some things through to you. Hallelujah. I can tell you about some of my experiences in the past. But I promise you one thing. If you strive, as a message I've already preached, strive to live pleasing to God, and then you desire to become a vessel of honor to God, God is going to bless your faithfulness. Hallelujah. You're going to wake up one night in the middle of the night, you're going to need to call upon him in a split second time. And you might not be everything that you should be up to par or come up to a fullness 100% of perfection, something like that. But God knows the people who play around, and he knows the people who don't play around. And the people who don't play around, the people who are real in what they do, God He's going to bless them. He's going to hear their prayer. Hallelujah. You love the Lord tonight? 
Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Let's everybody stand together. Hallelujah. Let's sing this chorus together and just worship God a little bit. If anybody, hallelujah, wants to come and talk to the Lord, we'll give you that opportunity. Lord, prepare me to be a saint.